Welcome, welcome, welcome to Abrasive Analytics, to Barnes University Radio, to Scouting with Sharks, all of that. I'm back. Um, It's been a while. We're here to talk about Titans free agency. We're here to talk about my 14,000 word dissertation game plan, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Some of the people that I would have targeted and uh, what the Titans are currently doing as of March 25th. But first, let's talk about the tags. I think that's chronologically how, you know, you look at your game plan for free agency for the Tennessee Titans. You know that um, Brian Tannehill and Derrick Henry were were your two top guys that you wanted to bring back. Uh, Brian Tannehill won comeback player of the year. Derrick Henry was the leading rusher in the NFL. So it's common knowledge. Those are the guys you want to bring back. That's the culture that you want to build. That's the formula that... Um, on how to win games for the Tennessee Titans. So smart moves. Those are no-brainers. And uh, just for a second, before I really get into it, I like to say last year I released something similar to this, and it was during a time when my game plan and Titans and we were doing very similar things like signing Roger Saffold. You know, that wasn't necessarily projected. Uh, I called the Adam Humphreys interest with the Titans months before they signed them and had it and included it in my game plan. Um, I tweeted hours before the Titans signed Cameron Wake that they should go after him. So all of these things during this time of my life, I was just pinpoint accurate on everything the Titans were actually doing um, during that time. And I made a podcast just saying how cool it was or what whatnot. And it was the first time. The Tennessee Titans have been around for 20 years, guys, 20 years. And the very first time I send my game plan to them prior to free agency, they do literally everything that I say. Now, you can say that's coincidence. You can say whatever you want to. The fact of the matter is it still occurred. So I made a podcast, right, and talking about it. And then later on, as, a, as the year or, or as the season goes goes on, uh, somebody says, yeah, I remember that guy, he made a podcast about something, but all he really talked about was how the Titans copied him, which was very, very funny. Well, guess what? Whoever that dude is, that nameless dude, uh, right now, we we are not seeing eye to eye outside of like re-signing a couple of guys. So you won't have to have that story this year. You know, we we were in agreement of bringing back. The obvious, uh, Ryan Tannehill, our numbers were different in terms of contracts. Mine, mine was a three-year, $80 million deal. Pretty much a, a highly, basically it, basically, it was the tag, but giving him $7.5 million more. So it was a one-year, $34.5 million deal before you got a two, 2021 option, club option, to decline or accept. But more than likely... We were going to have to owe him that money anyway because uh, I think my guarantees were close to 40, 40 million or something like that. I have to look at the numbers, but basically it was basically a built in one year. Show me if you can do it again deal. Show me that you can do it for a full 16, full 16 games. And then I think that's the smartest way to look at this 
And the reason why I just didn't tag him or transition tag him was that, you know, I thought he, he deserves a little bit more than a tag and he deserves some type of security if he's able to perform. So it was a moral and a business decision by re-signing Ryan Tannehill. Excuse me. So we look at Derrick Henry and, and the, the mindset behind tagging him. It's a $10.2 million tag. Makes sense. You bring him back. Um, he's that uh, heavy hitter. He's the guy that's going to milk the clock. He's the guy that's the home run hitter when need be. Um, I think that you have to watch his carries. But I think you get that guy back. We resigned Dennis Kelly, which was exactly what I would have done as well. Um, they resigned Michael Pruitt. Um, Chris Milton, I agree with Milton. I, I agree with all the re-signings. All those guys uh, play an important role on this team, and they're so very important in being the glue and the thread that keeps this thing together. So I, I agree with all the re-signings. Um, all of them made sense. There was literally no necessary. There, there wasn't necessarily a huge upgrade. That you would go after in free agent that made sense financially anyway. So them bringing back those guys made a lot of sense. Um, so re-signings were right on par. But in terms of for for cap sake, I couldn't include Pruitt. Um, I couldn't improve, uh, include Milton. Um, I think those two I couldn't include necessarily. Because of my cap situation within my game plan. But those two, two guys are certainly... Uh, players that I was interested in and the Titans did well re-signing them. Um, so with my game plan, without further ado, is I targeted early in, early in the free agency process, I wanted to go and get my guy that I felt like would definitely transform this pass rush. A lot of people right now, current day, they're clamoring over Jadavian Clowney. A lot of people like Marcus Golden. A lot of people like uh, you know, Everson Griffin, um, you know, but, you know, I, I wanted to go after Robert Quinn and for whatever reason, no one is talking about Robert Quinn, not even your major sports, uh, broadcasters or reporters that cover the Titans. It's like, he's a ghost within the free agency system. Um, during the time leading up to free agency, he ended up signing with the bears um, I believe on a five-year, $70 million deal, roughly 14 to $16 million in the first year. Um, what people don't understand is that Robert Quinn, if you break down and go into advanced metrics and advanced, advanced analytics first, he wins his pass rushes. That means when he goes up against somebody, he beats them at an all-time rate of all the free agents and in the league. So when he went one-on-one -on -one against somebody, he beat them more times than not than, than any other edge rusher in free agency. But yet people are clamoring for other free agents who barely win in those pass rush settings. His traits, we're talking about physical traits from watching film. The guy's like Gumby. You know, the guy can bend around the edge, um, extreme flexibility, great finishing skills, um, and he can be that guy that th that third down menace, period. I mean, I just think that people are forgetting about him. And if he stays healthy, like with any with any other uh, free agent, he's people are going to see why the Bears gave him that money. And I think that his name has been floating around a lot. You know, 
with some bad franchises like the Rams and the Dolphins when the Rams were bad and then the Dolphins. And I think that people forget about that or tie that to him or, you know, his bad years or down years. And they kind of just attach that to him when that's not really the case. He's not he's an extremely gifted player. And that's one of my top priorities that I would have, you know, that's a guy that I would have went after in free agency. Um, Jordan Phillips is a guy that I would have went after. Um, I think that Jordan is a guy that as far like we look at advanced analytics again, not necessarily the most disciplined player in terms of assignment, but in terms of pure talent and effort, the guy had 15 quarterback hits, um, double digit pressures. He's in the backfield a lot. Um, He had almost 10 sacks as a defensive tackle. So I think just based off of those numbers and that type of production and that type of motor, he he provides such um, an enormous um, presence for the Tennessee Titans in the 2020 season. With that size, he's 6'6", 340. He could play literally every position on the defensive line because of his versatility. He's a very athletic 6'6", 340-pounder. Trust me, he's very athletic. He's another guy that I would have targeted. Um, would have targeted Kevin Johnson, who spent some time under Mike Vrabel as a cornerback. I think he's long, feisty, can play special teams. Um, you know, I think he competes as as a cornerback number three or a cornerback number four on the roster. I think he's an upgrade over Lashawn Sims. Um, you know, when he when he's healthy. So that I thought that was a a, a very critical signing. Uh, running back DeAndre Washington as a backup. Um, to Derrick Henry, really, this signing with DeAndre Washington is more so of a of, of a training camp. He can be anywhere from a training camp body to a legitimate RB two, RB three in the Titan system. So it just depends on how it goes. That's what a lot of people forget about this process is that just because you sign someone and depending on the deal, it doesn't mean that they're stuck on the roster. The whole season, they can be cut depending on the structure of the contract before the season starts. And I'm just saying that because a lot of people say or have this mindset of you make a deal and it's kind of just set in stone or that player is set in stone. They certainly can be released. Always remember that depends on how the deal is structured. So for me, I think just just to speak to his strengths, DeAndre Washington is an upgrade over Deion Lewis in terms of overall straight line speed. Um, he's just as shifty. Um, he can catch out of the backfield. I think he's more physical of a pure, he's more of a pure running back than Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis was a great pass catcher, great wiggle. Um, but his run grades, when you talk about, you know, those advanced metrics that, that I, that I talk about analytics, his run grades were always low. Um, but with Deandre Washington, he's a pure runner. I think he's a pure runner before he is a pass catcher, which he's actually a good pass catcher as well. Um, I also signed, um, everybody knows how much I like Kyle Sloter, just giving the guy a shot. Or Actually, it was a signing slash trade, but we'll talk about that later. Um, then I signed kicker Kai Forbath. A lot of people think that Greg Joseph is the answer. I'm always for a little bit of competition. Why not sign a very low-risk um, non-guaranteed contract to a veteran kicker so that he competes with Greg Joseph and just have them battle it out. And then, heck, even bring in uh, undrafted free agent 
uh, kicker and have a three-way and just trying to just see who makes somebody earn the kicking spot instead of giving it to him. Um, and then who else did I have? Inside linebacker Josh Bynes, um, who would be relatively cheap, but cheap, but he's one of the best run defenders at the inside linebacker position in the NFL. Excuse me. So it's a no-brainer. For whatever reason, he he always lasts a long time in free agency or he always is signed late. But the guy comes in and he performs. So I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's – I don't know why. Um, maybe a liability a little bit in pass coverage, but not really that much, to be completely honest. If you remember us playing the Cardinals a couple years ago, he intercepted a pass. And uh, it was really a game changer in that game, and it, and it was it was based off of n- not luck, but him actually reading cover, reading the quarterback's eyes, and playing great pass coverage. So he, he's just a mystery. You have guys like that every year, but Josh Bonds is a guy that I think will be in- incredible um, to whatever team signs. And I think we're talking about now. I think the Bengals might have picked him up. So I think that's everybody that I had. So collectively, what I wanted to accomplish this year. My game plan was I really just wanted to um, come up with a game plan because I wanted to marry the free agents. I wanted to marry free agency in my draft class. And I wanted to to be very particular in how I did it. How I did that was how I did it with my funds and how I allocated my time. So I know that the Tennessee Titans need need an elite pass rush. That's something that I mentioned last year that they neglected. But now we have to fix the uh, ghost of last year's past. Um, so pass rusher was something that I wanted to certainly vamp up and getting one of the best pass rushers in free agency in the league that nobody's talking about. Robert Quinn wanted to get him. And I wanted to, you know, I, that was my big fish signing. That was my big that was my big landing getting a guy like that. Jordan Phillips. Depending on this contract, he was going to want a big contract. We were able to get a deal done that the first year isn't that lucrative. So we're able to get him that first year with a very cap friendly. Um, it's a big contract, but the first year is very cap friendly. It allowed me to fill in other spots on the team. Um, and with that being said, with Jordan Phillips, what does he provide? He provides a guy that's in, in the interior that's going to push the pocket so now we got a guy on the edge that's going to be funneling quarterbacks back in or out, but more than likely in with great containment. And then we got a guy that's going to crash the pocket with Jordan Phillips. So I just wanted that kind of combo pressure. Um, and then I got a great run defender in Josh Bonds, a great leader, um, an intellectual player as well, a thumper. And then I got Kevin Johnson, who's a great special teams, great contributor, um, great leadership, great feistiness. Um, Oh, yeah, my offensive lineman, Rashad Hill, that I, did, I forgot to mention. Excellent in that pass rush, and I think he's an unfinished product of get, uh, blocking and run blocking. But overall, I think that um, getting Kyle Slaughter, getting the kicker, reassuring that we have competition in all positions. So I think overall, that's my that was my game plan. Then in the draft, I have a mock draft in there. I'll allow you guys to check it out yourself. But, yeah, I went – Basically, I try to marriage my free agency with my with my draft, and I try to make uh, smart decisions in every position, providing competition like pass rush. I try to have the inside out, like I said, 
Great run defending, great leadership, great personalities, great leadership. Because I knew that this was going to be somewhat of an exodus for Tennessee Titans football. And I really wanted to bring in great leaders and not have to depend on, you know, is this guy going to become a leader this year? Is he not? That that still can happen, but I wanted to make sure that I brought in guys that have great personalities, like Josh Bonds, who's going to teach guys how to study and be pros. Guys like Kevin John, uh, Kevin Johnson, who's going to bring in uh, that competitive fire, that competitive spirit, and his knowledge from the great defenses he's been in recently. Um, you know, guy, guys like uh, Robert Quinn, who's been around the block, he that can teach younger guys some of his pass rush moves. So. Um, similar to a Cameron Wake, Wake, Wake role, but, um, you know, Robert Quinn is like eight years younger than him. So, you know, that's really was, that really was my game plan. And I think that, you know, based on what the Titans are doing now, we talk about present day, them trading Jarrell Casey, um, you know, releasing Delaney Walker. I have to agree that all the releases they've done, I've agreed to with that as well, because it just made sense. In terms of freeing up money in order to make moves for your future. And unfortunately, if we can't restructure or we want to get younger, that's just what that is. That's the business. Um, there'll always be great titans. The ones that are the true greats, like Delaney Walker. You know, I just mentioned Jarrell Casey being uh, traded. Um You know, it's, it's, it's crazy because... You know, these guys are Titans greats. You know, Wesley Woodyard being a free agent that probably won't be re-signed, or if so, it'll probably be later. Um, you know, all these guys. Every I, I pretty much saw everything. I think the big, um, um, what would you say, surprise would be the trade. That's something that I did not do. I did look at other ways that we could free up cap space. Um, you know, maybe possibly trading Corey Davis. Um, but nothing as drastic or for that amount as Casey, because that frees up what $11 million, 11 to $13 million. And it's just something that I didn't think about because Jarrell Casey played extremely well last year coming off of, of a knee injury. Uh, and he still played well and he still played on pretty much all the positions on the defensive line. And it was very, it was a, it was a surprise. It's something that I would not have done. Unless I really had to clear cap space. But I think the way that the deals were structured, the guys that I mentioned, I think it all fit. It fit all in there, you know, especially that 2020 friendly Jordan Phillips deal. Um, you know, the, the the smaller one year, one million to two million contracts with Washington, uh, Bynes and, and, and guys like that, Johnson, um, which, by the way, Washington is a, it can be a great leader as well. So. I think what the Titans are doing is I don't like they just it seems like it's I'm not going to make a comment on it until it happens. I will tweet out my opinion, but it feels like it's like um, it's 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 a bit shuffled. I w it's a bit um, different. You know, I would say that it's a different approach. It's 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 um, yes, you want to free money, free up money. But the big signings that they've made have been tags and then the Dennis Kelly extension. So, and then they've signed a few guys like D-Zubnar, I think is his name. Uh, 
and uh, from a linebacker from the Chargers, and then Ty Sambreo. So it's like he's an offensive tackle that used to play for the Falcons. Two players that are like might not even make it past training camp. So I'm just like any other Titans observer or enthusiast. I'm waiting for why all this cap space was cleared. Um, I think maybe, you know, obviously I think they're trying to get Clowney, which this is my opinion on Clowney. Um, my opinion on Jadavian Clowney is he's a player that you can play everywhere. Um, um, on the edge, inside, he's long, he has burst, um, he, he has injury issues at times. Not missing games, but he can be nicked up a lot of times. Just That's due to his playing style. Um, I think a lot of teams are fearful of him. I wouldn't look at his statistics um, to justify how good or how bad he is because I think his statistics are skewed because of the way that offenses prepare against him. Um, I think later in the year he got better. Uh, a lot of offenses double team him, chip him, and do stuff like that. Um, so honestly, if you're looking for a sack artist, he's not that. I think he can be a double-digit sack guy, but I think he's more so of a guy that's just a disruptor. He's going to get in your backfield. He's going to uh, get tackles for loss. Um, he's going to get deflected passes, batted balls at the line of scrimmage. He's going to get after your quarterback. It might not be a sack, but it's going to be a hurry or a quarterback hit. You know, that he's just a disruptor. He isn't, you know, that guy that's going to go out there with an excellent bend and a great club and rip and swipe and swim and get you 15 to 20 sacks. He might get you 6 to, six to 10, 6 to 11, something like that on his best years. And then he'll have a lot of um, tackle for losses and things like that. So, and because of that, you know, it's taken a while to come up with a number, but in all reality, only elite pass rushers get the money that he wants. There isn't really a market for a guy that is just a disruptor. We don't have a number or a tab on disruptor because in all reality, if Quinn, Robert Quinn got 14 to 16 for 2020, in our reality, when you look at the market, Jadavian Clowney should get, you know, a little bit under that. He should get 13 to 15. That's his value. That's his valuation at 13, 15. Now, if you want to add in his versatility, now we're talking about versatility. I might not be as I might not be specialized in something. You know, I'm speaking from his viewpoint. I might not be specialized in something, but I do a lot of things well. And if that's the case, then certainly let's see 18, 18, 5, 19 tops. He's wanting 20. Um, I think that it's a situation, me personally, of watching him and watching him play. I think your base, your base number can be whether it's your base tied in with your signing bonus. But I think you can start him at, at like 13 or 14 million and 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 build incentive laden um you know, language in the contract that makes him earn the extra four to six million. So to have a motivated clowny, okay, we'll give you 14, but go earn the, the five or six. What's wrong with that? Or let's start it at 15. Go earn that three to five million dollars and have a double digit sack season. So I think that's kind of where we got to get to in that deal. Um, 
And just to wrap this up, I'm going to talk about some of the moves that I that that come to me. I don't have a paper in front of me. It's not very structured or organized. It's just me talking. I I, I kind of prefer it this way. Um, but for those of you that that follow me and listen to me, know that. Uh, but I'll probably start trying to be a little bit more structured, just for um you know for Pete's sake. But um, some of the moves that I think that uh, first of all, teams that I think were doing work. I thought the Dolphins. Did some work early in free agency that I recall. Um, I think that the I think the Panthers at first it was looking a little weird, but then I think re, their recent moves make a lot of sense. They're, they're going to be a fun offense to watch next off season. I mean next season. Um, I like some of the things that the Bills were doing. Um, I think I like because I t- I was gonna tweet it. Um, what comes to mind? I'll just talk about quarterbacks because I it keeps coming to my mind. The the coach got Philip Rivers. Um, Philip Rivers is a quarterback that I've always noticed that he excels when he has superb timing and rhythm with his players. So during his time in San Diego, San Diego, he's always done well because he's always been in the same place. You know, he's he's built a certain chemistry with the type of players, you know, that are there for a long time. And then when you started to see guys leave and guys get injured, Philip Rivers play really struggles when he has to deal with new guys in. And most quarterbacks do, but more so for Philip Rivers because all of all his game is all about anticipation. It really is. And when he comes to the Colts for the Titans, he'll be a lot scarier to play the second game we have to play the Colts than the first. You know, early if it's early in the season. He's going to start off struggling, in my opinion, with some of those young receivers, you know, that's coming up with the Colts. They'll have some veterans, but it's going to take a while for him to get that same rhythm that he was able to establish in, in um, Los Angeles, I should say, if I – you know, usually I have to backtrack when I talk about the Chargers. Make sure I haven't said San Diego in the conversation. It's the Los Angeles Chargers. Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers, which was a surprise to a lot of people. But to me, it wasn't that surprising. I thought that was a great move. It made the most sense. Um, if you look at how Jameis Winston and how Tom Brady played, um, minus the interceptions, if, 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 if Jameis Winston cuts his interceptions in half, meaning – Make better decisions. Stop trying to force stuff. Um, get in a, a, maybe a more simplified offense. Um, then he's a top five quarterback in this league, in my opinion. And I think the production um, that they both can, uh, because of the basically, basically what I'm saying is, if Jameis Winston did not throw all those turnovers, did not throw all those interceptions, the Buc- Buccaneers would probably be a wild card team. Because, you know, he led the league in passing yards. Um, And I think Tom Brady can come in and do what Jameis Winston did. Jameis Winston did. But he he wouldn't throw the interceptions. So that's the thing. You know, you just got to limit the turnovers. Because there's been many times that Jameis Winston just, in a sense, threw away the game. Whereas with Tom Brady, you won't have that problem. You're going to have better decision making. You're not going to have as many turnovers, and therefore that's going to equate to more wins. Um, Nick Foles going to Chicago, I feel like that's that ending is going to be very similar to 
the Jaguars ending. I feel like Nick Foles and his hot streak with the Eagles were was a product was a product of timing, coaching, and everything just being perfect. Um, the situation there in Chicago, I think if he does do well, it will take time, similar to the Phillip Rivers situation. Um, I just don't see him as a guy that can come into an unfamiliar situation and in year one do anything. I think he's a guy that can come in as a backup, watch for a couple years, and then because he's seen how things go, then he's been, then he's able to to really be produ- productive. Um, but really, that's all I want to say. Uh, for me, it's it's a little late in the night for me, so excuse my if I've, my words are slurred. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to keep it very organic with you guys. Kind of share my opinions on free agency. Uh, my uh, official game plan is up with draft picks, mock draft, a whole free agent guide. Obviously, I've mentioned some of the guys I would have targeted. Right now, we're in a wait-and-see game with the Titans in free agency. Um, last year, we were very similar. This year, other than the extensions and releases, we are not on the same wavelength. Uh, but I can't wait to see what they do in the draft because it's going to be critical um, because right now, if they don't sign Clowney, then they're going to have to sign a few guys just as good leadership, uh, second tier, third tier guys that's going to fill out the roster. And there's still some guys there that can make some noise for them. It's just that um, it's very unorthodox on how the, the, the chronological order of some of the things going on. But, you know, we're all watching. You don't know what can happen. Anything can happen. So let's see. And, uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, right now, I guess we say tighten up. And uh, next episode, let's have an update. Hopefully, we'll, we, the whole clowny situation would have subsided by then. So, thanks for tuning in. Barnes University, thank you.